Kia ora. welcome to Under the Checkered Flag, MotoGP edition. I'm your host Kate, and we're just going to jump right in. So, we are talking silly season and side tangents today. I'm going with the alliteration because we all know how much our MotoGP commentators love their alliteration. So, I think we can all agree that silly season is now in full swing in MotoGP. I mean, it's the summer break for a lot of people, not for me. It's winter here in New Zealand, and that's a bit unfortunate because I would much prefer to be on a beach somewhere, just sipping on a cocktail and not worrying about having to go to work tomorrow. But alas, I do have to worry about that. And already, you can see why I called this side tangents as well, because I'm already on a side tangent. So let's get back into the racing. So obviously with the limited time I've got, I am not going to get through every rider, and I do apologize for that. And as always, these are all just based on rumors and gossip that is swirling around the wonderful wise world of the internet. So I'm going to start with Poz's favorite, Denise Onchu. I do think he's gonna go up to Moto2 purely because of his height, the fact he's now a race winner, the fact hopefully this experience will get him to settle down some of those Denise Onchu communication hand gestures. <laughs> And I think he will go up to KTM and graduate, I suppose, into um, a space left by Pedro Acosta. I think Holgado is actually going to stay in Moto3 for another year while he is leading the championship. I think getting him a lot more experience in that Moto3 class is going to be extremely beneficial for him long term and with the serious amount of limited spaces that we're seeing in, on the grid at the moment, based on the amount of talent we have, it would solve a, one more problem for KTM, because goodness knows they have a lot of riders at the moment, and too many riders and too few seats. I do think that um, Ayuma Sasaki is going to go to KTM. I can thank Izzy for that little bit of hopefully good gossip. I think he'll go there because of the fact that we're seeing riders start to try out for seats and if you're paying enough attention I suppose you could connect the dots. However obviously we have no idea if contracts have already been signed or deals have already been made or anything like that and so those are going to be my two predictions as it were for what's going to happen in Moto3. And so I think I'm going to leave Moto3 there just because it can be so unpredictable. There's so many talented riders because it's more of a spicy championship, isn't it? It's the championship that you want to watch while sort of covering your face behind a pillow just in case anything bad happens because it does seem to be a bit more dangerous because the riders are always so young and inexperienced. But it also produces, without a doubt, my favourite racing. It's so fast, it's so unpredictable in who's going to win, who's going to be where. If someone makes a mistake, five positions could be gained by five different riders. And so it's, yeah, it's good fun to watch, but I 
generally try not to get too attached to the riders in Moto3 because they may just say, you know what, it's not worth the money, it's not worth the risk, and then just walk away and go and do something else for it, even if they don't stay in racing, if they stay in racing, but yeah, it's harder to follow a rider when you don't know that you're going to be able to watch them race for a long period of time. It's a very good thing I took a pause right there because my dog let out the worst toot I had to clear the room. But fortunately now he is back to his rightful place of sitting on my lap and chewing his favourite crocodile. So now I'm going to move on to Moto2. What do I think is going to happen here? Now obviously I've already mentioned that I expect Denise Onchu to move up. I think he's going to go into KTM. I'm going to say this wrong and I apologise. Ajo? Ajo? Um, whenever I think of teams like this, I just see them as KTM. Is it a KTM? Yes. Sweet. That's all I really care about. Um, I think he's going there because I think Pedro Acosta is going up to... In fact, I'm almost certain. I'd solid 99.8% certain that Pedro Acosta is moving up to MotoGP. I don't know... I'm going to bounce a few ideas later when we get to the MotoGP section, but I definitely think he is out of Moto2 next year because one, he's done with Moto2. You can see it in the way he's acting. He wants to go up to GP and there is absolutely no way that anyone is not going to say no. Pedro Acosta has the potential to be a generational talent and I really hope that he does manage to perform once he gets to GP. One other person that I'm pretty confident is going to go to GP is going to be Tony Abellino. Given the fact that Pedro Acosta is moving up, I think Grassini will definitely be moving Abellino up because they wouldn't want Acosta to get an extra year of experience and then be a year ahead of Abellino because Arbolino also has such talent that there's so much potential there and Ducati can sort of groom him and teach him the way that they want their riders to be while challenging KTM at the same time. So I think those two riders are going to move up at the same time purely because that's going to make an excellent story long term provided no injuries and things like that because we're already excited about the Acosta Arbolino storyline. We're already excited to see the battle and this is just going to be one more little chapter in it in my opinion and I think that it would be silly if we didn't see Arbolino move up at the same time as Acosta because I think they'll be a great benchmark against each other even though they'll be on totally different machinery. It would be a lost opportunity, I suppose. Another rider I think that's going to be moving up is Ayagura. I know he's had a pretty rough start to this season. We did see him do really well in the race just before the summer break. However, I don't think he's going to have a choice but to move up, if I'm honest. I think that Honda are going to pull rank. I think they're going to say, you need to move up now. And you don't really get to turn Honda down twice if you want a chance of going to MotoGP in the future. 
so I think he's definitely going up as well and so I think that's everyone I want to cover or I'm going to have time to cover because MotoGP is going to be quite a spicy one. Actually of course not. <laughs> I apologise, I forgot about Sam Lowe's. The news came out yesterday or the day before that he is moving to SBK and that will be so much fun to watch. Um, I may even have to buy a second video pass. <laughs> you know, the Superbike video pass rather than just having the MotoGP video pass because I love me some rivalry and seeing the Lowe brothers friendship, brotherly rivalry, I think is going to be one of those wholesome fun things to watch, the entertaining rivalries that we see and so that's going to be quite exciting. So now I'm going to make some very wild predictions and all are gonna probably be incorrect. My most up-to-date thing of, well, my most up-to-date spreadsheet will be in the Discord server in Lily's beautiful Fantasy Grids template, the 2024 version. I'll also check a screenshot up on the screen if you're watching a video footage of this. So, as much as it pains me to do so, I do think Joanne Mir is going to be staying with Repsol Honda. That is rough for me. He's obviously having quite a hard time there. However, I do think the fact he's a world champion will mean that Honda may start listening because Honda need to start listening to their riders. Not just one rider, they need to listen to all four. Which brings me to my next prediction. I think that Takanakagami is actually going to be riding for Repsol Honda next year. So I think the Repsol Honda team is going to be Takanakagami and Joanne Mir. We'll see how that prediction plays out, but I think having those two together would be a very good duo. They'd have high respect for each other, and I think you've got the potential of Joanne Mir, also an incredibly talented rider and the knowledge and experience of Takanakagami and so hopefully that could help Honda get back into the swing of things, help them make a bike that's developed and getting ready for those new regulations and rule changes. Honda needs to look at this a bit differently now I think and start thinking about the long-term project rather than next year's project because realistically unless we see some massive gains after summer break, I think next season's a write-off for them as well. At LCR, as I said before, I think we're gonna get Ayagura. The other person I think that we're going to see at LCR Honda is Joanne Zarco, because again, I think Honda may have started to shift that mentality to long-term project. And Joanne Zarco is a talented rider, no matter what you think of how he's performed while at Ducati, there's definite skill there. He definitely is a great teammate to Jorge Martin. He's a great team player and right about now, I do think that that definitely is something that Honda needs. So my four Honda picks, in summary, Takanakagami, Joanne Mir, Ayagura, and Joanne Zarco. So, that moves us on to who I think's also going to have four bikes on the grid next year, KTM. 
So I think at the factory team, we're going to see no changes. I think that Brad Binder and Jack Miller are such an excellent duo. I absolutely love them together, to be fair, because I feel like the South African humour and the Australian humour, are they can bounce, they can shoot the shit, basically. They can bounce ideas off each other without it taking it personally. They have high respect for each other. And as we can clearly see this season, that duo, along with the Satellite Riders, have made that bike take a massive step forward. And for that reason, I cannot see that factory team changing. If it did, I think it would only change with the other two riders I'm about to mention. And so for Gas Gas, I think that we will continue to see Paul Espargaro on the grid. I'm quietly confident in that because he does have a two-year contract. I do think it may depend how he comes back at the end of the season because obviously he had his horrific injury and it will be good to see him back on the racetrack. I know this weekend just been, we've seen photos and videos of him at the Gunwood Festival and he is looking more comfortable on a bike again and I know he's been training on a regular bike, um, you know, probably like a private bike to get back ready and we do still have, what is it, two months? One month. We have, oh wow, it's like three weeks until we're back racing. That's exciting actually. I thought it was like four weeks, so that's quite cool. So yeah, in three weeks time, we'll be able to get a better judge on how he is and how he's doing. I do think that if the injury has been too severe, then Augusto Fernandez will stay at KTM. However, yeah, I think it all comes down to how he's recovering after that injury. So I think across the garage from Paul is going to be Pedro Acosta. I don't think he's going to go straight ahead into that factory team. I think that for quite a few reasons, but I think it's purely so that he doesn't get overinflated. So he doesn't get overinflated. Because while Pedro Acosta do, does seem to have the talent, it is going to be quite a delicate balance for KTM to keep his ego in check, I think. Because Pedro Acosta knows he's talented. Pedro Acosta knows he's fast. And I think they're just going to need to remind him that not everyone's going to arrive Mark Marquez style. Not everyone's going to come in and win a championship straight away. In fact, that is so rare. There's a reason for the rarity. And I think that Pedro needs to get a year under his belt. And then I think he's going to move up to the factory team in 2025. So now, while on the topic of Pedro Acosta and moving up, there's the partner, pair up, move up. I don't know where I was going with that. But the other person I think moving up was obviously Tony Arbolino. I think he's going to land himself at Grassini Racing. I think that Fabio DiGiantonio will end up moving to SBK. I think that's probably best for everyone. He is talented on a motorcycle. Like I said, everyone in MotoGP deserves to be there. However, I think that MotoGP is not the place 
for Fabio Di Giantonio. And so I do think that he's going to end up being replaced by Tony Abellino. Across the garage from him, Alex Marquez. The rumours are rife that he's going to be staying with Grassini. Considering his performance, I think that's true. He's obviously lost a bit of form as we were starting to come into the summer break. That's, I think, because of how strenuous the season's calendar was because we had all those back-to-backs and then if you have one bad race it can easily get into your head and then he had the unfortunate accidents and there was the incident where the poor guy vomited in his helmet and that sort of thing so I think it would be unwise for Grassini to yeet him so soon because yeah I don't think it's worth it I think that realistically he's a strong rider He's finally starting to show some really good form and not be in his brother's shadow. And so I do think he's going to stay there. So on to another satellite Ducati team, Mooney VR46. I think one person is going to remain unchanged in this team and I think it's going to be Luca Marini. I think he's going to stay there. He's doing great things with that motorcycle. He's a great character to have in that team. And I think across the garage to him is going to be fellow VR46 Academy rider, Franco Morbidelli. So I think that the damage between Yamaha and Franco Morbidelli has been done. I don't know why. I think that Yamaha broke a lot of things last year and possibly the year before then too. And we could actually go quite a way back to see when they started breaking things. However, I think Franco Morbidelli is back on form. We can clearly see that he's up there with Fabio Quattararo in terms of speed and definitely more reliability now. He does seem to have finally got himself, with the help, no doubt, of the VR46 Academy, back into the kind of rider that he always could be after... He did suffer his injury and that obviously caused quite a lot of pain physically and then I think some psychological issues got in the way there. Just like he started psyching himself out is my personal opinion and I think now he's back on form. He knows he can ride. His legs pretty much fully recovered so I think he's in a really good space and I think If we put him on a Ducati, wow, he could show some real speed and really get some really, really strong results. And that's why I think he's going to be joining Luca Marini at VR46. So for that recap, we have Alex Marquez and Tony Abellino at Grassini Racing. And we have Luca Marino, Luca Marino, sorry, Luca Marini and Franco Morbidelli at VR46. Which then brings me over to not quite factory, but still factory, Prima Premac Racing. I think we're going to see Marco Bezzecchi move over from VR46 up to Prima Premac Racing, purely because I cannot see Ducati management giving a factory bike to him, because I don't think VR46 are going to stay with Ducati long term. I think come 2025, VR46 are going to go back to being the Yamaha satellite team, in my personal opinion. I think that 
because of that reason and because of the long-term project for Ducati, I think it's going to be smartest all around for Marco Bezzecchi to go to Premac Racing because then he gets himself on pretty much equal machinery while the factory support isn't as strong. It does move him a really big step forward because this year Bezzecchi has shown how incredibly talented he is and considering his bike is last year's spec he's up there battling with Bagnaya and it's another great story that I'm really enjoying watching the rivalry between Marco Bezzecchi and Pecco Bagnaya it's entertaining and it adds that extra layer of interest and not to mention seeing them in the cool down rooms together is hilarious because they are jokers and it is good fun. So on the other side of the garage, I think Jorge Martin is now going to stay with Prima Pramac Racing. I think next season's going to be a lot spicier. However, I think it would be quite silly of Jorge Martin to move anywhere else at this stage anyway. Because while, of course, he probably wants to give the finger to Ducati behind garage doors, the fact remains that bike is still one, the best on the grid, really. And so, yeah, he's going to stay for another year, I think, anyway. As I said, these are all my predictions. I'm going to probably be completely wrong. And I'll listen to this next year and be like, Kate, what the heck were you thinking? So, moving on to Factory Ducati. Ducati Lenovo team so I think we're gonna see no changes here I think we are going to have Enea Bastanini and Pecco Bagnaia on the grid in the factory team still one because I think that Ducati management would face quite considerable backlash if they dropped Enea Bastanini down to Prima Pramac I also think that there's the element of the fact that Enea is Italian and it is an Italian brand, an Italian bike, and they are not going to move Pecco anywhere. Pecco is performing perfectly. Told you I'd come back to that alliteration, didn't I? Um, yeah, I think that pairing is quite a good one. It is a real shame that this year we didn't get to see what I was really hoping to be a great battle. But I am sure that after the summer break, once the Beast is back in form, that we will really get to see the two of them up at the other end of the grid together. In, well, hopefully the right end of the grid, the pointy end <laughs> near the top. And we get to see Bastanini fighting for some podiums because, yeah, the guy just had a bad start to the season and shoulder blade recovery times are so long. So... For the factory Ducati seats, I suppose, that's what I'll call them, is Pecco Bagnaia, Enea Bastanini at Factory Factory, and Jorge Martin and Marco Bezzecchi at Not Quite Factory Factory. So, moving over to the team that I think is still going to have two bikes on the grid next season, Monster Energy Yamaha. So, based on everything we have been seeing in the social media side and the regular media side over the last 48 to 72 hours, I think it's almost safe to say that Alex Rins is going to be riding there next year. What do I think of this? I don't really know. I, if I'm honest, I would have rather seen Joanne Mir go to Yamaha. 
This is because I think that Mir is more of a development rider long term, and I think that that is highly beneficial. I also think that Alex Rins is connecting with that Honda better than Joanne Mir is, and so I think that duo I wish would have been reversed sort of thing, if that made any sense. Basically what I'm trying to say is I wish that Alex Rins was moving out to factory Honda, even though Honda, in my personal opinion, do not deserve Alex Rins or Joanne Mir. I would have rather seen Alex Rins move up to factory Honda and Joanne Mir move over to factory Yamaha. As far as I'm aware, no contracts have been signed or anything like that, and this could just be some spicy, silly season sensations. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Alliteration. Um, but yeah, I would actually almost put money on it at this stage. I'm not going to because I'm not silly with betting and my money because I'm constantly broke. But the point is, I think Alex Rins is definitely going to go to Yamaha. I think across the grid, grid across the garage from him is going to be Fabio Quattararo. I am actually really excited to see what this duo could do together, and so if all these rumours are true about Rins moving to Yamaha, I think that could be quite an exciting prospect. I don't know how any contract negotiations are going to work with that, because as far as I'm aware, Alex Rins has a contract with Honda, not LCR, and so that could be quite expensive to break, but I guess only time's going to tell. So. Now this is where my predictions may differ from fact and turn into my regular dose of Marc Marquez hopium because I'm going to move over to Aprilia and I'm sorry Elish but I think you're actually not going to be on the grid next year but I also think it's going to be his choice. I think that given the significant injuries he's seen his brother get this year, the fact that he himself has suffered some pretty hardcore injuries. Admittedly, it seems like the worst one was when he was cycling. However, I think that plus his brother's injuries, plus the fact that he's got kids and he's won his race, he's basically built that team up and the fact that he loves cycling, he's got a lovely family, I think that he's actually going to move aside into test riding for Aprilia and being a reserve rider. Whether or not this could happen, I'm not sure. Whether it will happen, again I'm not sure. I love seeing him on the grid because he's such a positive person and while I know a lot of people think he complains a lot, I honestly just think it shows how passionate he is about the racing and I have so much respect for all the riders. Um, that's just what I could see happening and the only reason I'm saying that is because I think Miguel Oliveira will end up at Factory Aprilia next year. Obviously this depends how he comes back after the summer break so obviously he's been very very luckless so far this season starting with his clash with Marc Marquez in Portimao and then things just seem to go from bad to worse for him at the start of this season hopefully as we come into Silverstone he will be able to find his form 
show what a strong rider he is, show that he is capable of developing that bike as well as the other riders in the team. And hopefully that does mean he moves up to factory Aprilia because I think that he's had an unfortunate few years, Miguel. And so I think it'd be really nice to see him perform strongly at factory Aprilia. I think on the other side of the garage is going to be Maverick Vinales. Maverick is so talented and the things he's done with that Aprilia have been amazing. This year Aprilia do seem to have struggled quite significantly with various mechanical issues like the chain braking, lots of breaking down, which is all part of developing a motorcycle. And because we no longer have that free practice for all of these issues to occur, Maverick's been on the very unfortunate side of it happening to him in the race. So yeah, that's really unfortunate and I do think it's easy to see that, especially from a team point of view. So that's why I think that he will be staying at Aprilia Factory Racing next year. At RNF, I think we are going to see Raul Fernando stay. I can't see him being asked to move aside at this stage because he has suffered from what looked like a very complicated arm pump. And so again, I think this one is particularly going to see how he is after the summer break i do think if he doesn't pick his form up he may be asked to step aside and alex espargaro will actually move down to our not down move across to rnf but i think that all depends on rules performance at the end of the year then i guess this is my spiciest prediction and of course it's going to be about Marc Marquez because we all know I am a Marc Marquez fangirl. I can see him being an RNF Aprilia next year. Why? Many reasons, many I've talked about. One, I don't think he's motivated by money anymore. He's got plenty of it. Number two, I think he just wants to try another bike as well because we've only ever seen him on that Honda. He's probably like, hmm, I could get on uh, Aprilia, see if it's any good, and if it's not clicking with him, when I say see if it's any good, see if it's the correct match, Mark Marquez and Aprilia, see if that's the correct course of action for him and Aprilia, if it's not, then I think he'll retire, if it is, I think there's so much potential there that it's definitely not something that anyone would ignore, because, yeah, that sort of was a bit of a jumbled way of saying things, but I could easily see that happening. So to summarize this one, at Aprilia Factory Racing, I've got Miguel Oliveira and Maverick Vinales. And then at RNF Aprilia, I have Marc Marquez and Raul Fernandez, but Raul Fernandez with a question mark, depending on how he performs at the end of the season. And I do have Elise, Elise Espargaro still in the paddock, in sort of more of a guiding test ridery team advisor sort of role. And so that's what I could see happening there. So those are my silly season 2024 predictions. Now I do want to touch on some 2025 predictions while I'm discussing silly season. Mainly the ones I want to think about are Yamaha. 
I think that VR46 in 25 will go back to Yamaha. I think they're going to turn back into their satellite team, and so we're going to have Monster Energy Yamaha, and we're going to have VR46 Yamaha. Other than that, I don't really see a lot of teams in the MotoGP class changing hands. I do then have to wonder about if we are going to get a, another factory. I really hope we do for the sake of this being a world championship and not a European championship. But I also don't know. I think obviously with the move to VR46 over to Yamaha again, there have been talks about it being Leopard Racing Yamaha. We all want Yamaha to get a satellite team. Um, we've heard interviews online that they're saying they're not looking for a satellite team for 2024 and with all the discussion from Dorna recently about uh, the extra two spots only being reserved for an extra factory, it could mean that we are going to see a radical switch up with that extra two Ducati satellites, I guess we could call them, where they do have the six bikes and hopefully this means that we could start moving towards having four Hondas, four Ducatis, four KTM, four Aprilia, four Yamaha, and four question mark bikes. I think there are quite a few contenders for possibly that extra factory. I think I would love to see Suzuki back. I think we'd all love to see Suzuki back. We're all still reeling from Suzuki leaving. I think with this seven-year deal with the Indian Grand Prix, we can't rule out seeing an Indian seeing an Indian manufacturer come into the grid, which could be really exciting. And then there's all the ones that are in already established in Moto2 and Moto3, who are obviously going to be looking at graduating a team up to the MotoGP engine size, basically. And so I think that could be really interesting and I'm looking forward to seeing how that plays out. I also think that, well, I hope that we see a little bit of a culture shift within those Japanese teams. I do want to see Friday practice turn back into free practice, at the very least the morning of it. Whether that's going to happen, I don't think it's going to happen this year. I hope it happens next year. I also hope that we get a riders union with everything that's been said in the last 48 hours by Casey Stoner. You're damn right, I hope that guy is going to be the pinnacle for that riders union. Come on Casey, you know you want to. You can stir some shit that way, it'll be fun. Um, and so that's like a, a safety rule that I want implemented, uh, a riders union and Friday free practice. And then I guess some other predictions I have for the future of MotoGP in 2025. I think that at that point, that's when Takanakagami is going to either go to test riding or leave the grid completely. I think that Honda and Yamaha will start listening to their riders a bit more while still keeping the Japanese culture at the forefront of their mind. I think broadcasting rights may be getting a bit of a shake up in the future owing to 
what seems to be a bit of a shambles this year. Hopefully that's the case and hopefully we get some cheaper video pass deals. For example, just like Formula One do with Formula One Live so you can just watch the live races or Formula One TV which is sort of more like a video pass style thing. And so I'm hoping that gets a bit of a shake up. Basically, I'm hoping that a lot of things happen and we do get to see more MotoGP content released by fans, released by Dorna, and released by broadcasters. And so, moving forward, I think positive things could be coming for MotoGP. But we'll just have to wait and see. Thank you, as always, for listening to me ramble. I'm going to be a bit more careful with uh, crediting. So, the music that I've been using in the background will be in the links and the notes below. So will all sources for the photographs I've got and anything else that comes to mind. Have a lovely week and I'll be here rambling away again next week.